The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. The views expressed by the hosts and guests of the Comic Book Chronicles are the opinions of said hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinions of the Comic Book Chronicles, the Click Nation, or the Coast Leather Podcast Network in any part. Thank you. Spoilers. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Uh, I am your host, Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me news that's needed on Twitter. You can find me on. You can find me at the. Oh, Lord. CBCAPS on Instagram! Instagram. South Carolina with Columbia down the way. And the sound effects you've heard come from none other than our man in Brooklyn, 180 underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. What's up, everybody? Taking it back to the old school from the Borough of Kings. We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! We're Brooklyn! Indeed, and you can find this. Well, I guess speaking of Brooklyn, uh, Mar- yesterday was March 9th, and uh, it was a uh, you know, while we don't celebrate the, the, the death of, but you know, celebrate the life of one Biggie Smalls, aka Notorious BIG, aka Christopher Wallace. Exactly. Shout out to Valletta Wallace, indeed. Uh, but you can find this here podcast on the Coastal Podcast Network, that's CSPN.us. Do it today. And you can find us on your podcast personal place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and give us all the five-star reviews. You can also find us recording every Thursday night, mostly every Thursday night, 9.30ish p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the uh, YouTube channel of The Click Nation. That's youtube.com slash The Click Nation. And twitch.tv slash comic book chronicles. Again, hit like, subscribe, and make sure to hit the notification bell so you know when we are recording or broadcasting. And give us all the great uh, five star reviews. Yeah. And shout out to Benji Games, too, who was uh, who's here bright and early <laughs> as we started, <laughs> was in, in the house. So shout out there to you. There you go. Um, well, folks, what's up? No, I said welcome. Yeah. Folks, we got a, another good one tonight. Hopefully, hopefully free of uh, gremlins. Uh, and um, oh, my gosh, it is the one they call Sarayu. How you doing tonight, lady? Um, welcome. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, what happened? Oh, <laughs> I was about to say somebody jinx. I need to find a knock on wood sound effect. I know. No, I was just like uh, there was a message in the chat that got um that got deleted. Uh, uh, but it was just five stars. Which thanks, Benji. <laughs> five stars. Yeah, I don't know why that got deleted. That's weird. Oh, spamming in there. That's really silly. Okay. Anyway, shout out to Sarayu, shout out to Benji Games too. But we're gonna get right into it with 
And thanks for anybody and everyone who is looking and or watching here or after the fact. But we're going to get into the show tonight, starting off with, uh, what did we say? Oh, Bad Batch, uh, Season 2, Episode 12, which is entitled The Outpost. Yeah, so uh, this episode, we catch up with the member of the Bad Batch that has gone astray. And it is not the character. The, the character's name is not the name of a former board game that I I always confuse him with. But he is in fact uh, named after the actual tool, you know, the actual you know uh, part of the tool that he uses, uh, you know, like that's part of his like skill. And that in fact is crosshair. And crosshair in this issue is you know treated the way many soldiers unfortunately get treated and that is as a tool as an expendable asset and that is this seems to be what this seems to be the episode that i guess may lead to crosshair's redemption but i will uh hand it off to rodicat at this point with uh his thoughts yes yeah, so i kind of wonder about that or red- well, will it be a redemption that may possibly lead to a possible death? I'm kind of wondering about that. Yeah, yeah. No, I didn't want to. I didn't want to uh, uh, jump right there, but I'm glad that you, um, you know, went in that direction. Yeah, because things seem to be aligning in a certain way that you know, while we don't know, but we can kind of see there are there are things going on and and definitely things are kind of uh connect starting to connect uh going towards the the season end in a certain way yep so without saying too much more than that i am curious as to um what's going to happen and how they're going to handle that but um it it it, it can be definitely said that what is going on in the show is uh and it's been said other places, so we wouldn't be the only ones. But uh, things going on in the show right now are kind of mirroring real life things with uh, with uh, veterans in, in a certain way, right? So it, it, there is a certain weight that um, Feloni and crew, you know, are uh, are, are dealing with. So. Hopefully, like I said, this is going to be an, an interesting uh, season end whenever it gets to that point, which I'm not sure. Well, I know the last episode, I think we only got like, what, four or five episodes? Uh, four or five episodes left, I think, because I know it goes out to the rest of this month or something like that. Because uh, the second week, so actually it's only two weeks, but no, it's more than that. Regardless, um, so we still got yeah, some, we're going some into more. April still, right? Yeah, yeah. I believe so. I, I remember seeing the um, uh, seeing the thing. So, uh, but uh, regardless, uh, there is there is what we are, and we there is there have some ground to cover in that, and I'm looking forward to seeing how they handle it. Like I said, mm-hmm. uh, but next up, um, but all right, so far so good. Mando. Oh shoot, that's what I forgot to do. <laughs> What's that? What did you forget uh, to do? I forgot the sound effect, which probably won't play, but it's fine. Um, what are you trying to play? Oh, like the uh, the, yeah. the that that thing? Yeah. 
Gotcha, 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 okay. gotcha, gotcha. Well, my thing is not my my sound effect thing is not gonna gonna work right now, so that's fine. But you can picture it in your mind. Maybe I'll put it in. Okay, you know what? I was about to say it's funny that you mentioned that very quickly. Okay, sure. Well, uh, I was out to you know I was out to dinner last night. That's why I wasn't able to um to to record. That's why we had to postpone till until today. And throughout dinner, some schmo like a couple of tables over had that Mandalorian sound effect as their text sound. <laughs> I kept turning around like, all right, all right, dude, I get it. I get it. You know, I got my I got my stuff on vibrate. You ain't hearing Jarvis say incoming message. Are you? You know, right. <laughs> anyway, shout out to you single folks out there dating and getting grub. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I just laughed. I, I laughed. I was like, seriously, dude? Anyway. Right. Because um, actually, this, um, a friend of mine in the chat was is also about to uh, have, a, have a dinner date. So I was wishing them well while, uh, while, while the, mentioning something earlier. But here we go. There it is. But yes, um, is. Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2? Oh no! I think it was. Oh, that sound. I think that's the sound that I, that, that, that that it wasn't that sound. It was. I was like, really? oh, when it gets to the, the next part of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no. I was like, it's not. It wasn't that sound. It's the other sound. I gotcha. Um, no, actually, um, because it gave me a second to make sure. Yes. Um. Chapter 18, episode 2 of season 3 is called The Minds of Mandalore. Right. Which which instantly put me to another sound effect um, or a, a sound from another uh, franchise, which is and they called it a mine. A mine! <laughs> I was about to make that <laughs> reference in a different way. Uh, you know, I, I think I was going to say something along the lines of they were looking for his cousin Balin, you know, right. or, 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 you know. Oh, right, my right. goodness. <laughs> That's so funny. But, yeah, um, this one. They were this looking was, for the salted pork, you know. I know, right. I know, right. So this was actually a pretty good week. Again, because of the fact that, um, well, at this point. We are two days uh, removed from both Bad Batch and Mandalorian and what we're going to talk about next, which is one day. Uh, we're not going to give any spoilers, but, you know, just kind of dance around a couple of things here and there. Sure. So and if just... you've been keeping up with the Mandalorian, you know that at some point in the near future, they were going to deal with the underside or the innards, the inner, the inner parts of Mandalore. And that's where we go in this episode. And there are some incredible sequences in this episode. There are also a couple of really dark sequences in this episode. And I even I noticed, I was like, oh, wow, that's actually really dark. I you know, it's like say, Game of Thrones dark. Right. I was about <laughs> to say actually and figuratively. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, so I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, but it was it made for good good stuff. Um, one of them I remember seeing in a trailer for this season. Um, so I guess I wasn't surprised to see when that happened was about to, when when that part was about to happen. Um, 
because I believe it showed the whole that whole little sequence. But um, as I was joking with uh, Agent Seventy before the show, part of it seemed like there was a Lassie moment going on as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got that. Like, I didn't think directly of Lassie, but as soon as Rodicat mentioned it, I understood. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if you and if you are at the very least of a certain vintage or have probably seen us, you know, the Lassie thing in some way, shape, or form, you probably can get it get to what we're talking about in one way shape or form but yeah i was actually kind of surprised they got here that fast honestly for some strange reason because i figured there would have been like a a side quest as it were or something happening you know before he get to where they ended up in this episode even though he did kind of stick a a side trip in the um well it wasn't necessarily a side trip but it was he took a trip uh to catch up with someone that i was kind of wondering if we were going to see in the last episode since then he was catching up with everybody um but uh we get that last person here or the next to last person here i don't think we're going to get see those other two but um to get to the point to where are now i was like okay i'm i'm glad they did it because I, I assume there's going to be more in the season that they're trying to get through you know uh toward to to get somewhere uh, and they didn't want to belabor it too much, which I'm not mad at um, at all. Right. All right. So have you tried Googling the Mandalorian lately? Um, if you're talking about the thing on the uh, the Google page, yes, I did see that. Right. Yes, d- definitely. So- yes, folks, if you don't, if you haven't already and haven't seen it on your social medias, definitely Google the Mandalorian and check, uh, check and see what you get, because it is, it is very cool. Right. Like when you open, when the search results open, mm-hmm. it's act, there's there, there's some cool things you can do on the website, mm-hmm. on the on the web page, yes, on the on the search result page. Like I literally just noticed it like a minute ago. Oh, okay. No, uh, somebody had talked about it. I saw somebody say mention it like last week actually on Twitter, and I went and uh, did it. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is cool, and I guess it's still up. So. Yeah, it's still up. It's still up. But yeah, if you get a chance to do it, go for, go for it because it it is quite cool. Uh, so, um, I don't know what else to say without like going into the thing, which I know you said we weren't going to do. So, I'm trying well, not think, to do. that. I think the one thing the one thing that we can say is okay. that we find out other things were alive on Mandalore. Right? Yes, we find correct. out other things were alive on Mandalore before you know before the Empire attacked. And now we find out that some of them are still alive after the Empire's attack. We also get mm-hmm. to see Bo-Katan. And you know that's not that big a spoiler because Bo had already appeared on the previous episode. So um, I think that's where we could probably leave off because after that, we're getting into real spoiler territory. Right. Well, I was just going to mention because there was also a, another throwback to the original, the, the original uh, trilogy that also shows back up in here in a slightly bigger part. Uh, that ends up accompanying Mando. Oh, yes. yes. Yes, that's pretty funny. Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, I didn't expect him to, to kind of to, to do with that. But um, like, all right, that was that was cute. <laughs> all right. We also see uh, uh, Peli Mel. Yes, that was what I referenced in earlier with uh, the person we hadn't get, got, uh, caught up with. I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah, because I was kind of surprised because they didn't, that person didn't show up. Um, 
in the last episode, but it is what it is. So they they checked that box, as it were. But it was a great episode. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely check it out um, whenever you get a chance. Because uh, it, it uh, kind of goes a place that I'm looking forward to seeing the end of as well. Mm-hmm. All right, now we're going to push on to the last bit of uh, of uh, live action stuff for the week, which is Star Trek Picard Season 3, Episode 4. Engage! Exactly. They, this I don't know what they do. Well, I know this is supposed to be the last season of this, and they're pretty much firing on all cylinders, uh, as it were. Uh, or pulling out all this. the stops. Yeah, basically. You know, they're definitely so, pulling out all the stops with the. I'll let you. Uh, I was about to say, hold that thought. Uh, they're pulling out all the stops with the uh, getting the band back together stuff that I've been talking about. Yes, and while they still haven't, there there's still at least one or two uh, links in that change date that uh, haven't uh, presented themselves. But I'm sure that's probably going to be next episode. They've definitely, as I said last week, still playing with the uh, Star Trek Two slash Six playbook. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they've been that they've been going through, and I think I'm going to assume this is well, this is not the end of that. Uh, but they are the more overt um, references to it. Uh, they probably that is probably ending with this episode. So I'll say that, and I say overt because some would think more to do with. Uh, the main antagonist of Khan, but I mean of uh, Wrath of Khan, but no, uh, just some, some, some stuff that kind of came up on the sides of that movie that were, that ended up, uh, carrying on to another movie. So we didn't get any Worf and, and Raffi bits this week, but I guess that, it, but, but that makes sense because, you know, they just kind of wanted to, uh, you know, finish this one part. And I, I'm going to assume that, uh, the next one is going to, kind of kick back up with them and then start tying uh, both of the, the A and B plots together. Right. You know, towards the end of the season, because there's only 10 episodes as, as from what I'm understanding, because I think all of them has only been 10 episodes. So if that is still the case, they, we're they almost halfway have, through. Exactly. And so there's not much left to kind of get where they're going, even though they throw a lot in these, um, in these seasons, you know, and this is, uh, this one has been no different. But it was definitely a good, uh, good uh, episode. There was basically a little bit of turnabout, also. And as I told, uh, this is a spoiler, but not really a spoiler. Uh, as I told uh, Agent Seventy, uh, Riker went bowling, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which was um, which was uh, a a good bit that happened at the uh, near the outset of this episode. And um, yeah, we will hopefully get to see what uh, what um, what's the overarching. Um, plot uh going into the the rest of the season because so, i really can't wait to see how they're going to tie this together although i do know of a very a very least a one or two things uh that's going to kind of pop up that's probably going to be in relation to i'm just kind of very curious as to how they're going to tie all of this together in that right with that said um yeah that's the star trek Picard uh, season three we will definitely be more um, going with that uh, in the subsequent episodes of this show and that one. Uh, and with that, I think we can get into the books of the week. Yes, we can. 
Yes, we can. <laughs> and we're going to start off with, as I thankfully remember to uh, have gotten the covers. I'm thankful we're not having any Grimsons this week. Yet. Hey, knock on wood. I'm, I have been doing that. <laughs> Every time I've said that, I've been knocking on. Um, I don't know if y'all can hear it, which is good. Amazing Spider-Man number 21. One, one. Amazing Spider-Man number 21 is written by Zeb Wells with pencils by John Romita Jr., inks by Scott Hanna, colors by Marcio Meniz, and letters by our favorite, our favorite, lettering Paisan, VCs Joe Caramagna. As the cover of the issue says, this is it. The story arc you've been waiting for. We find out what happened to cause the, uh, the you know, what happened during this time jump between the last volume of, Amer- of Amazing Spider-Man and this one. And what causes all of the changes in the multiple uh, relationships that we run in, that, that we encounter at, at the beginning of this volume. And my reaction to how this all starts, my reaction is literally something that comes out of Spider-Man Homecoming. What the? Pretty much. Pretty much. So, uh, we were talking about this before the show, and uh, I was being asked, do, do I remember any of the, 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 where they're calling back to from, as, an, as I told Agent 70, I'm like, yes and no. Part of it, yes. The rest of it, hell no. So, there's right. some research that, um, as a matter of fact, I was trying to do a little bit of research on it, because they gave the footnotes, um, trying to give some do some research, but I don't think those books are on Marvel Unlimited, which they should be by now. And I was about to say they should be. Those are fairly old, right? Well, let me phrase that. Part of it is not. The um, the first part, the, the first reference that they put in is not. And that, even okay. though they should be on there, the second part definitely should be, though. Because right. yes, those are they're, uh, definitely old, old issues. So, um, but I was looking for the first part just to kind of, you know, reacquaint myself with what happened at the end of that volume, mm-hmm. which is not that long ago, but again, should still be up there, uh, by, by this point, because it has probably been more than four to six months, uh, since that issue, I think, but I don't see any of that volume on there. So that's the other thing that's, uh, that was kind of weird to me, but regardless, um, that's interesting. I was listening. My iPads are downstairs, so I'm not going to go run and, and and open those up to see what you know what's available. It's been a while since I looked at this volume that vo- that particular volume of Amazing on Marvel Unlimited. But right. I take your word for it. So right, yeah. I mean, yeah. Go go check it out if you whenever you get the chance to. Because like I just did, the last volume that I saw was like the, I think the volume before before that or something. I don't know. They've re- they've restarted the book a couple of different times already, so it's kind of right. weird. Um, right, like the organization obviously still leaves something to be desired. So, exactly. uh, you know, I, I I understand what Roddy has frustration, where his frustrations come from. But nevertheless, at least we're starting to, to get some answers, uh, even though right. there's still a couple of answers that I 
we still haven't gotten that. I don't know when or where we're going to get that, but we do know that this is this particular arc is going to go well into uh, April, and that is uh, we're going to get everything. Even uh, the back of the book on the letters page kind of said as much, or kind of reemphasizes as much. Right, right. So. I mean, ultimately, you know, the the, the Aunt May. What the led also to the things that make you say. That is also true. You know, that that's also- really, that was really, you know, th- that encompasses my reaction to this issue. Yeah. And actually, I think there's another book that I, that I read that also, um, made that, uh, made that apparent, <laughs> made that be the case. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, um, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much all I'm going to say that needs to be said about that. Um, I'm, I'm happy that we're starting to get some answers because we have been grousing about this for a <laughs> Since the beginning of this um, volume. For 20 issues. Yes. For 20 issues, we've been grousing about this. Like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. They're not telling us. Like, once we got to issue two, like, they're not <clears> telling <throat> us. Issue three, they're not telling us. Four, five, and so on and so forth. So here's the other side of that problem. And I know you you, you will probably agree with me on this, but uh, we'll, we'll see. Now they have to stick to landing. Right. Because right. so far, we're off to a wobbly start. Exactly, because if they get to the point and it's like, okay, so you did all that set up and just for it to fall flat, what it goes back to the point. Now it just sounds like we're we're kind of just you know arguing for no, for arguing's sake, but no, like time and energy spent, you know, uh, reading this stuff, and we want a good story. We want a good story throughout. But we also want a good payout at the end of uh, the arc said story. And sometimes we'll we'll just credit a writer with a good with good execution. Right. We may not be, you know, we may not be happy with the entire uh, outcome or the direction mm-hmm. or you know several factors. But mm-hmm. if it's well executed, we'll applaud that. Oh, yeah, we'll totally. you know we'll give them shouts. But if it all falls flat and like completely on its face, then you know we're going to be emotional damage. You know, and and then like I've got all of these react like I, I'm on my reaction page of sound effects because that's how strongly I felt about this issue. I'm like, what the hell's going on out here? <laughs> you know, like seriously, that was that was me reading this. Like all of the reactions I've played were going through my head. Oh, and and I kind of echo echo especially that last one because I'm sitting here like, what what's going on here? Like, okay, I remember part of this, but the rest of this, no, and. You better be going somewhere good with all of this. <laughs> oh, seriously, that is the absolute truth. And there's another part of this that I will get to at a book that I'll talk about in Rapid Fire that 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 is still, um, I don't know if it's, it's going to be tied to this or not. Right. So uh, I guess we'll find out when we find out. But uh, to kind of keep, keep things going, we're going to push off to the next book, which is... Oh, I believe people said FF, right? Yep. Fantastic so Four is, number six. I was about to say, is it really number six? I thought it was number five. Oh, uh, wait, is it? Hold on, I'm, I'm, I might have misnumbered that. It is number five. Okay, so it is number five. I've got ahead of myself. My bad. Yeah, because when you know, because uh, because Roddy Cat uh, very is very good about putting his notes up, and I'm always very bad about it, and uh, I, you know, I, there, there are times when I when I cheat. And I take a look at his notes, 
And my nose has typos in it, so sometimes he feels. He, so sometimes he <laughs> he catches right, the so trades on that one. I, exactly, exactly. I'm like, oh, that was wrong, you know. But then mm-hmm. I'll fix his. But then sometimes we just don't have time. But in any event, getting back to this, Fantastic Four number five is written by Ryan North with art by Ivan Fiorelli, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters again by the busiest but our favorite lettering Python. VC's Joe Caramagna. So, this was almost a spotlight on Reed and how he sees things. Hell yeah. And I really like, yeah, and, I, and I'll let you, I, I was about to say, hold that thought. Hell yeah is right. Like, literally. <laughs> and uh, I give Fiorelli a lot of credit for putting on the page literally thinking in four dimensions yes i really like that and i'll let you carry uh, i'll let you go from there well no the hell no hell yeah was the only uh, the only thing i was going to say but since you mentioned that that kind of put me in mind to a uh an almost to a an, an mcu <clears throat> uh reference when uh, a, uh excuse me when dr strange was was going through all the iterations of um back during what was in game or uh or whatever it was not in game um infinity war when he's going right. through all of the iterations, kind of right. kind of put me in mind to that. But being that this is Reed Richards and they were where they were, you know, there was uh it was more actual than than not. So yeah, so Fiorelli definitely put some work in on the page uh, in, in this issue. Right. I mean, his style is very anime influenced. Mm-hmm. It's not for everyone. I'm sure there are old school comic people who are looking at the art and this kind of. Not the biggest fans of his rendition of Ben, you know, um, but I think that he really shined his 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 layout, his design really shined in that sequence that made you think and see things as Reed was trying to think in four dimensions. Indeed, indeed. <clears throat> and without giving too much away, I believe we are seeing um we are we are seeing what leads up to the 700th issue right uh of which we talked about uh, a few weeks back um because uh something gets stirred up here that kind of might have some real world um uh, parallels to it in in a in a certain way um right. But also the fact that I am going to spoil this one thing in the fact that um, the FF get attacked by um, Ak of the Harkness's son and his crew. I saw that in your notes. I completely forgot about that particular relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think uh, was something I saw. I was like, oh, right. I do remember that she had a son and that was them. That was them. Uh, and luckily they did do a fairly decent job of saying, oh, wait, this is what happened to him the last time we, we we tangled with him or something like that which i don't remember but so because i honestly thought he was dead <laughs> so, i mean part of me was like who so. right so you know either way it was kind of one of those things was like okay yeah where's this character come from ben slash whatever the case may be and so it was like okay but what's the end game here with that doesn't really matter it's just pushing us from here to there it's not what it seems like um but yeah and another little in- interesting note is that um reading superman has a have has a same issue 
with magic. Well, similar issues with magic, I should say. Right. So it, that was a kind of a funny thing I thought about as I was reading this. Different reasons, obviously. Yeah. Exactly. And it's not a it's not a new thing right. per se, obviously, because Doom that's like the one edge that Doom has had over Reed, which is his uh knowledge and mastery of uh the dark and mystic arts. Yep. So uh and and, and that's been uh, a plot device and a story point for Reed and other FF stories for a while now. Indeed, indeed, indeed. But still good stuff. Well, the, the game's back together again. And, um, you know, and in relation to um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man, as we said in previous issue, we, we've got to figure out what was going on well before <laughs> 20 issues later. Right. And ironically, uh, because of Reed's actions and how they've been and the ramifications of them, you know, we're still not going to spoil it. You know, we're still, you know, we are a month away, um, a month out from the reveal. But, you know, I think it's worth reading. Mm-hmm. So uh, better that you go back and, and check that out. What I what I was going to say, though, is that because of what happened, the perception of the FF it, by the public more closely mirrors what J. Jonah Jameson says about spider-man or it used to say about spider-man yeah you know he's a menace and all that stuff yep so it's interesting to see them being on the negative side of of public opinion indeed indeed and with that we move on to do you want to do another book or we're going straight to wrap it uh we can do one more book it's up to you which book we pick though uh, well, in common. Exactly. So that would be uh, Black Panther number fifteen, which is the Black end Panther. of this issue, the end of the yes. volume. Yes, this is the end of the this most recent volume of Black Panther, as written by John Ridley, with art by Herman Peralta, colors by Jesus Abertov, and letters by VCs Joe Sabino. So I will say that there are a few MCU elements that are reflected in this final issue and i'll hand it off to roddy cat with this we're we we've and i've mentioned this in 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 talking about this run before that you know the, the 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 overall story that ridley decided to tell we've seen big elements of this before in the book in the black panther title you know as you know in the various volumes mm-hmm and now we have T'Challa, you know, without spoiling everything, not exactly, uh, well, let's just say he's more like Spidey in the sense that he's not always like the most welcome person in Wakanda. <laughs> right. Even yeah. though he's the king right? or has or been was. the king for yeah. most, of his, most of his history. Right. So that's kind of the direction that has happened. You know, that 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 particular story point, that 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 story element has been relatively. It has been employed a few times, let's just say, in our reading history, in our personal reading history. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll I'll, I'll hand it off to Roddy Cat with that and his thoughts on, you know, Ridley's work on this and 
uh, overall his impressions on it. Right. And, and kind of going off of what Agent 7 said, yes, we have in our personal histories have seen this, even with this character, because he's pretty much been a man without a country before. It's been a good while since that has happened, but nevertheless, it has happened. And that's probably going to infer uh, the next volume, what, what goes on in the next volume uh, in some way, shape or form, I'm certain. But nevertheless, my impressions of this book is that they could have just made the last issue a double size issue and just kind of put this on, on the end of that. Because I don't think we needed another issue for what happened in this uh, in this book. Uh, Not even to give it room to breathe. No, I mean I get why they did it. Don't get me wrong. It was like because after you know to kind of give it some some sort of resonance after how the last issue was left. I get that, but I don't think it was really needed because everything that happened in this book was just kind of okay. One, two, three, clean up. Everybody gets their um, you know, where are they or you know what are they going to be doing going forward type type situation and then that's that's pretty much how this ended except if they had made the, the last issue um a, a double size probably could have done the same thing and just kind of let that roll now granted that being said they possibly did it for trade reasons or maybe that's what they what they, uh, they wanted to go out like this because they i guess they might have felt a little bit or really whoever might have felt a little bit more strongly about what happens in this issue a little bit more than I am, I guess than I do. Right. So overall, outside of that, you know, we got what we got. And while it was a decent issue, like I said, it just could have, it didn't necessarily need to be its own issue. I think personally, um, coming out of this. Well, that's fair. I think that's fair. So, but yeah, the the next uh, volume of Black Panther is coming soonish. I can't remember the yeah, exact date. Yeah, relatively soon. I think it's within a few months. I don't think they're they're taking very long between uh, Ridley's run and I the think, start of EV's run. I, I think, think there's an ad May. at the end of the book. I think you're right. I think it's May, but I happen to actually I can go check uh, real quick. I was about to say I'll just flip through it real quick. Okay, uh, yeah, go for it. Since you since uh. Uh, let's see. Actually, it doesn't say. It says, "Oh, June." It says June. June. Okay. Pick up Black Panther number one. So it's okay. not long. Yeah. You know, so either way, April, you know. Yeah. Gotcha. So with that, um, yeah, that's 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 this volume of um, Ridley's run. Um, yeah. Long may it do whatever it, <laughs> it resonate with the people. Who well, I mean, with. you know that. You know, I had some difficulties with Ridley's run. No, I've I've not been shy about saying it. So yeah. fair, so, so so have I. So yeah. like here, the the funny part about it was coming out of Tanahisi Coates' last run and how lengthy that was. Even though it was, it you know, it was space epic. over two volumes, right? Well, that and the the fact that it was like a whole space epic thing going on and all of that, you know, therein and even stuff after that, you know. I feel like I'm thankful for that particular run as opposed to like as opposed to this run, even though this run has some good stuff in it. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was all bad because it's not. But there were some choices made, especially coming uh, near the end of this, that I'm not too crazy about. And as Agent 70 kind of said, it was like there's some kind of MCU parallels 
uh, right. that were in here that I was like, I'm still not entirely too happy about because of that. So, it, but it is what it is. This is what we got. Uh, All right. That being said, I we can hit us. Spin it up now. It is. Spinning it up, folks. It is rapid fire time. I ain't got time to bleed. So we do not have too many books to go through. First up is for me is Avengers number 66. It's written by Jason Aaron with art by Javier Garon. Colors by David Curiel, Maury Hollowell, Eric Arseniega, and Rochelle Rosenberg. And letters by VCs Corey Petit. So this is technically the last issue of the Avengers of, of uh, Jason Aaron's run on Avengers proper. Although there are two issues left in this uh, uh, multiversal Avengers versus the multiversal um, Masters of Evil story. There is the final issue of Avengers Forever. I believe it's 15. And there's an Omega issue that's going to wrap up Jason Aaron's run. But in terms of the Avengers title, it's interesting that he would end it on number 66. You know, um, maybe it's because of Mephisto being such a big playing such a big role in the in the story i think it's you know uh maybe that's a happy coincidence or or maybe it's not um ultimately though we do get you know more steps in the final battle obviously mephisto is playing a role but we do have kind of an endgame-esque endgame reminiscent moment in this issue and i guess that's supposed to be rousing but I, it, it, to me, it falls a little flat because I think Garone got a little tired drawing that part of the book because it was towards the end. And I think he was rushing to finish the book. So mm. it, it fell a little flat for me. I, I think he could say, have used a little help on this issue. Right. I haven't had a chance to read this book yet. But this was like when you were saying something about the, the issue number. I'm like, you know, you could put a one in between it or a six at the end. And either way, I'm sure someone would make a make some kind of half behind connection that way, whether that was the case or not, but who's to say? Right, right, right. And last for me is X-Men number 20. It's written by Jerry Duggan with art by Stefano Caselli, colors by Federico Blee and letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. So we find out why the brood have been acting the fool. And interestingly, it's not because Brew, little Brew, has not gone bad. Thankfully. Power of the hive mind has not overwhelmed our little mutant brood. But it is, in fact, an old Doctor Strange nemesis that who we have is recently, acting up. Right, that we have seen recently in the pages of X-Men. Exactly. So that makes a lot of sense. And that's where this issue goes. And we will be tying into the events of what's happening in Captain Marvel very soon. So, uh, and that brings me to a question I want to ask you about that, because how far back do you have to go with the, with Captain Marvel? Because I know you had been reading it off and on. How far back do you have to go to kind of... Just the current arc. Just the current brood arc. That's it. Right, but I was saying, you got a issue number? I think it's like two issues, maybe. Okay. Yeah, because they... Well, say I'm sorry. No, I said two issues tops. 
Okay. Okay. Maybe maybe three tops. I don't think it goes back three issues. So that's like issue what 30, 31, 32, something I don't like that. Have numbers, I don't have the numbers handy, and I have to look at I have to look at our uh, review copies to see. I got you. Because I think, it's I, like I, 30, I think you only have to go back to maybe three tops. Gotcha. Because I think it's at 30, 34, 35, or I think thirty four or something like that at this point. So use you know whatever. Because I'm been curious about that because since they have they did actually mention it in this issue. But mm-hmm. okay, all right. For myself, um, we start off with Static uh, Shadows of Dakota, number two of six. As I pull up, uh, Bing. Yes, that's the one. Uh, written by Vida Ayala and Nicholas Draper Ivy, with art by Nicholas Draper Ivy. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have the rest of the creative team because for some strange reason, uh, our copy did not have that page in it or maybe they didn't put it in the book. I'm not sure. Uh, and I mm-hmm. could not find, uh, I, I could not find outside of those two names from other places, but regardless, um, so this is the pretty much the second season of, of static and um at this point we have gotten past the establishment of or the the reimagining of uh virgil's origin uh in the last volume and now we're getting into, into the fact that you know what here's here's what's going on bang babies are around uh you know trying to i guess they're still finding some here and there but at the same time someone is kidnapping bang babies for experimentation purposes uh and that might lead to some interactions with virgil uh either directly or indirectly through some you know through the people that he knows that are also bang babies that might get caught up in this uh whole thing but um it's some some good looking art in in this and the story so far has been still you know pretty good if you are a fan of static the character uh, and then well you might want to read the first volume if you have not the first season if you haven't but um you don't necessarily have to going into this but you might want to either way so it's still some good stuff next up is uh star wars sana staros number two Written by uh, Justina Ireland, art by Perry Perez, color artist Dono Sanchez Almara, and letters by VCs Travis Lanham. So, um, af- the only things I will say here is that um, apparently Sana's family, who she has gone uh, gone back home to see after a, a breakup with, I'm assuming, Doctor Afra. Um, which might have been kind of touched on here in this issue. Uh, she finds out that her family has uh, some some secrets of their own and a little bit of history in, in certain spots because apparently grandmom, uh, grandmom's uh, was kind of rolling around with NF's nest, which if you know that name from uh, from Solo, a Star Wars story, you know you'll you'll understand what what's going on there. Uh, so there's ties to that and some and um, another family member that uh, they are trying to retrieve a family heirloom from from the Empire. Uh, 
because you know in the wrong hands xyz one two three one of their family member who's also kind of got swept up in it is married to an imperial <laughs> but also in on what's going on with what they're trying to do so right um it's been pretty good so far uh you know sana's family is, is just as live as sana herself in fact, in fact she seems to be the more at least in this story she seems to be the more I guess tame one in in, uh, in in a way in relation to the rest of her family, who we find out has been, you know, getting into some stuff uh, in her absence, as she has also been getting into herself in Doctor Afra and uh, other places as well. So it's kind of amusing to uh, to get that. Uh, but yeah, if you like the character of Sana Staros, I think you'll uh, you'll enjoy uh, this uh, this book. I'm I still haven't figured out whether this is the ongoing or um, or a limited series, but it seems as though so far it seems to be a, a um, an ongoing. So whether that continues to bear out is up to people that's buying it, honestly. So next up, uh, Scarlet Witch number three, written by Steve Orlando with art by Sarah Pacelli. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, with inking assist by Elisabetta D- D- Damico. Color artist Matthew Wilson and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. So we got another issue and another team up. This time with uh, Wanda's sister Polaris. Now, if you're asking yourself how is Polaris uh, Wanda's sister, well, you got a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> Actually, you really don't. Polaris is Magneto's daughter, just like Wanda is was. Right. So there, there is that. That's that's pretty much the the long and the short of it. Uh, but it's a it's a good issue because there's a little bonding. MC, in. I was about to say MCU influence be damned. Go on. Oh, I'm getting to that also because yes, there is also more than that. You, wait, did you get a chance to read this? Or no? I did not read this. I'm okay, but you know, this. but you know about yeah. Who also I know what involved. the premise is. I read the first. I read the first issue. I have. I, I I'm behind. So, but feel free to spoil it because at the end of the day, uh, you know, I won't be reading this probably. T- you know, within the next five days. So. No, I'm not going to spoil it too much, but I will say that, yes, there is some uh, MCU connection because an MCU stable has uh, come along for the ride in this particular book. Age of 70 already knows that part. Um, Mm -hmm. As to why they're here, um, let's just say that comes to bear at the end of this book. Um, Or at least that that starts to come to bear at at um, at the end of this book. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I guess, is going to go into the uh, the the next uh, uh, section of the story. But the 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 crux of the book the book is basically Wanda and Polaris end up going on a um, on a as I call it in my notes a D and D campaign, a sword quest, if you will. Ah. Um, and that's you know. That's pretty much once it gets to a certain part of the books, that's all it is. It's just text about what happens, what happens, it is this and that and the other. I'm sitting here like like is is um uh, is um Jim Zub writing this book? Because that seems more <laughs> more more likely that the the his kind of thing. But nevertheless, it was it was um it was just kind of that until it gets to the end of the book and what happens there. Um which I won't spoil. Next up, Moon Knight number 21, written by Jed McKay, uh, with art by Alessandro Cap- uh, Cappuccio, Cappuccio, excuse me, 
uh, color artist Rochelle Rosenberg, and letters by VCs Corey Pettit. Pettit. So, you know, Agent Seven has got me doing that mess. It's Corey Pettit, yeah. folks. <laughs> Petite. It's Petite. It, it really anyway, is. It's oh. Pettit. <laughs> it is actually Pettit. Um, so, there's. It's kind of amusing because, and I'm drawing too many, um, one too many outside influences for, for a couple of issues here. Um, but you'll understand it when I, when I mentioned them because what starts off as a therapy session ends up cutting back to, I guess the previous night when Reese or the, I guess the previous hours rather not a night, but uh, where Reese and soldier basically kind of go out and try to have a good time or Reese takes soldier out to try to have a good time. Uh, and ends up, they end up, um, as I say in my notes, at the rave scene from Blade, or you could probably say the the, Blade, the, the rave scene from uh, Matrix, uh, the second Matrix movie. But let's just keep it in perspective here. The rave scene from Blade, the original Blade movie, uh, which coincidentally Blade does show up in this issue um, for a reason. Uh, that reason is because he has been uh, kind of showing Ray, uh, Reese, who has been turned into a vampire some time back. Uh, we won't get into all of that, but trying to basically show her the ropes of some things, you know, even though he is a vampire slayer uh, and not a, you know, he's half vampire, but still um, he got some things that he can teach. So that kind of comes into play and in that, but like I said, the rest of the issue is them kind of uh, uh in the ray from blade but also the church scene from the first kingsman movie if uh if you remember what happens there that kind of plays a part in this uh particular issue and seems like is only the the test for something to come by who we are not entirely sure but it's probably someone uh mark and crew has been um has been dealing with this whole time so we shall see how that that pans out Next up is Bloodline, uh, daughter of Blade number two. Pop, pow. Written by Danny Lore, art by Karen S. Darbo, color artist Chris Peters, Peter, uh, letters by BC's Joe Sabino. So I mentioned the a vampire slayer um, uh, talking about Moon Knight. That is more apparent here than there because of the fact that um, Brielle uh, in the first issue meets up with, meets this new student who apparently turns out is a vampire uh, slayer and mistakes her for a true vampire. Uh, And this whole issue starts off with them kind of sparring off, um, but then weirdly becoming friends, but then um, not necessarily a heel turn, but uh, for you wrestling folks, but kind of something sim- similar happens uh, near the end of this uh, for for reasons we don't know. Well, for reasons, if you know anything about Buffy, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think you, you can kind of catch part of what I'm putting down. But also we get, um, speaking of guest appearances, by none other than uh, Blade who actually shows up here as opposed to being referenced in, in the last issue, uh, uh, in, in the uh, issue of Moon Knight. 
who actually shows up, which was you know going to happen thanks to what we saw in the first issue of this book. So and leads to an encounter with uh, Brie Brielle and uh, her the father she never knew she had or she never knew too much about. Well, she knew enough about, but not everything about. Put it that way. But I guess she's about to find out uh, after what happens at the end of this book gets uh, end of this issue gets taken care of. Uh, next up, Mary Jane and Black Cat number four of I believe five. So this is what I was talking about earlier when we were talking about uh, Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, this was written by <clears throat> Jed McKay with art by Vincenzo Caratu, the color artist Brian Reber, and letters by VCs Ariana Maher or Mayer. So this is still taking place during Dark Web and still taking place while uh, Black Cat and, and MJ are in limbo. So technically, it's in the past, <laughs> but we're still, I guess, still kind of catching up and stuff. And speaking of catching up, MJ and Felicia kind of hash out an issue that they've that the, that was between them, uh, or at least Felicia thought that was an issue between them uh, during the course of this issue as they're trying to uh, save their own lives. And something happens to a character in this book that apparently doesn't uh, uh, stay permanent because of the fact that, well, Mary Jane in this book has some powers that still has not been explained. It is sort of familiar powers. If you remember a certain uh, time. Casino, a casino based character. Exactly. Uh, and that definitely and, comes and to, to that. Me. I have to say, what the. <laughs> <laughs> exactly so uh as i was saying earlier i'm not entirely sure if and or when we are going to get explanations um exp an explanation of why she has those powers or and or when she's got those powers not sure if this is going to happen here uh in the next issue which is going to be the last issue or in what's happening in amazing Spider-Man. If that even comes up there at all. Cause I think we did get like one, like before dark web, we did kind of get a hint of it, but I don't know if they're going to circle back around to it there. Um, so there's still some infuriating, infuriating things in association with that run to kind of go with. In other words, uh, let's see last book for myself. That was something I did not mean to do. Nightcrawler is number three, uh, number two of three. And uh, the only thing I'm going to say about this book is that it is a whole thing. Um, it is written by Cy Spurrier with art by Andrea De De DeVito. Uh, color artist Jim Charalamdis. Lamidis, excuse me if I butcher your name. Um, letters by... Wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Jim Charalamidis. That's Thank Greek. You. Yes. Thank you. Uh, Led by VCs Clayton Cowles. So, uh, as I have in my note, the funny thing about this issue, it is, is named for the same name as uh, The Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1. The Apostate. Mm. That's where that stops. I, I just thought that was a funny coincidence, especially since, you know, that only came out last week. Um... 
But like I said, this is a whole thing. So if you don't know the story of this, is this is still during the Sins of Sinister thing. Uh, Sinister had started cloning chimeras of Nightcrawlers. Some of them kind of got strayed away from the pack thanks to Ghost Rider, Banshee, whatever they're, they're calling him nowadays. Um, and then that kind of ended up branching off into this whole thing where they're doing a lot. And at this point, it is a hundred years into uh, the sense of sinister, because if you did not know that during the sense of sinister, uh, sinister found a way to basically break off the timeline in a way, uh, but he can't reset it because uh, the thing he used to reset it is uh, is uh, been stolen from him, and therefore this is why we still have sense of sinister going on as long as it is. But while it's going on, we got the the Nightcrawlers and Mother Righteous, whatever her name is, kind of doing some things and trying to, um, I guess, trying to write things or get things the way they want or get things the way she wants them, I guess, is the case. And there is some dissension in the ranks in, in relation to that because, you know, the the whole set of Nightcrawlers to this point are, are, in, are in a state and um yeah maybe a little rebellion might be happening or might have happened in in, in relation to that because they seem to have their own hope let's just say uh and there's only one more issue of this left and um i don't know how this is going to turn out in relation to the rest of the census and the stuff which is still going on but like i said it is a it's a lot to take in with what uh what this issue brings up i will say and that, folks, is it for me. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, we didn't get anything from our other two, uh, our absent hosts. They were probably busy or something. Or at least one of them is uh, mentioned as much. So those right. ones probably busy, as they have definitely has been, as I've seen. Uh, so do you have yours? I, it's a tough call this week because I was not very enthusiastic about much of what I read. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think the call though is probably what I most enthusiastically reviewed, and it's probably going to be uh, Fantastic Four number five. Mm. So you still think probably or not? No, no, no. I'm going to go with Fantastic Four number five just because I only have, you know, five books to choose from. Sure. And, and, you know, looking at the other alternatives, I'm not all that enthusiastic. I wasn't all that enthusiastic about, you know, my feelings on them. And I really did love that depiction of Reed looking at things in four dimensions. That was that that, that really, you know, took the, you know, uh, took the cake for me this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a it was a it was a good panel page. Um, so I can understand that, uh, for myself, while I did read a good bit of many bit of books, um, I feel like what I was saying about a couple of them in, in relation to, uh, our conversation kind of tells how I felt about it, at the very least a couple of them. Right. Um, so I'm thinking... I don't know if, if uh, as a choice, it'd probably be Mary Jane, Black Cat, um, Scarlet Witch, Fent FF, 
and probably uh, Sign of Staros. Static was also good too, but yeah, no, but not you know, not putting it there up there. So I'm thinking actually I'm going to go a little bit off of uh, the norm here and probably say actually this is probably would be the norm for me, so I probably shouldn't have said that. Some Star Wars Sign of Staros number two is going to be my click. It was uh it was uh, quite fun. Uh and I hope this uh I hope this is indeed an ongoing that uh that does well. Cause I've been enjoying it so far. Sure. It, uh, you know, good thing is it continues to have uh, some shelf life. Or some life on the shelves, I should say. And with that, folks, we are gonna get into the news section, but first an ad read. Our first ad read of the night is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron, fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order to place your first order. With $30 off. And to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the brew, to the Blue Apron link. The Brew. Look at that. Look at it. See how that snuck into my, uh, into my speech there. From there, scroll down to the Blue, ap- uh, the Blue Apron link. And sign up for your first order, Blue Apron, through CSPN.us. Do it today. And now we get into the news. Well, I guess we got our um, (laughs) title for the show tonight. Right. Brew Apron. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Brother Brew, one of the two. Either way, cinematic news, folks, as we do about this time. First off, Sydney Sweeney is playing Marvel's second Spider-Woman in Madam Web, as, as uh, per a report. Again, this report, nothing is um, nothing concrete. In fact, this is coming from, according to this article, a reliable industry insider on the hot mic, uh, says Jeff Snyder of the hot mic podcast, which I'm not giving him any credit, but whatever. So it exactly says, more along the lines of who anyway. Yeah, basically. So, uh, folks of a certain vintage, remember Julia Carpenter as, um, as the second, uh, spider woman, AKA the spider woman that came from secret, the original secret wars, um, who has transitioned into the current iteration of Madam Web after the the original's demise or whatever that happened when that happened. Um, so yeah, uh, Euphoria the Sydney Swinney is potentially playing said character in the upcoming, um, Madam Web movie. So the title character, whether that comes to, comes to be the case, I guess we'll see next up. Next up, so apparently Blade and the Fantastic Four could appear in Avengers the Kang Dynasty, but don't count on it necessarily. So uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania screenwriter Jeff Loveness, who is also penning 
the fifth Avengers installment, explained to Gizmodo how developing the story leaves room for the Daywalker and, and Marvel's first family to appear, but the chances of that happening are slim to none. He says, yeah, it's a, definitely a tricky thing, but you know, he can't focus on the outside stuff. He just has to lay down the bones of a good story and hopefully find the characters that he wants to tell it. And then it becomes a game of ping pong with the other people. And, you know, somehow <laughs> the snipers are like missing this guy. Uh, maybe not, because, I mean, it's not like he's saying any, anything hard and fast. He just kind of, right. you know, skirting around what he has, you know, what he has on his plate. Right. So. And I think probably this came up because probably came up because people are waiting for at the very least the Fantastic Four Blade to to a small extent, but definitely the Fantastic Four because people have been theorizing that the FF is going to be in back in Scarlet. I mean, back in WandaVision, which didn't happen. Which right, right. We have not even seen hints of the FF at this point. That is correct, and people and going so far as coming up to. Uh, Ant Man and Wasp Quantumania because they thought one of the characters, one of the people in that movie was going to play um, Reed. Reed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and that didn't happen. So I, I guess people are still kind of on that. <laughs> one of these days, maybe they'll be right. <laughs> but for now, here we are. John Barenthal returning as the Punisher for Daredevil Born Again, which I know I can hear the um, yays of certain people that I know. Who both? Okay, I didn't. I didn't know there was going to be a literal, but yeah, there you go. Shout out um, to eclectic. I hear that sound, that yay sound. I think of eclectic. Shout out to eclectic. That's weird because I think of Halo uh, and, and also, but that's just me. But yeah, apparently we found out a few days ago, according to the Hollywood Repro- Reporter, that uh, that. Um, uh, John Bernthal is going to be back with Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio for the series. Um, and I believe uh, Agent 70 reminded me prior to the show that uh, it seems as of this point, um, uh, the 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 folks that play Foggy Nelson and Karen, uh, Karen Page are not going to be in the show, which that's kind of a bummer. Yeah, Deborah mm-hmm. Ann Wall and Eldon Henson. Yeah, it does say in this article. Uh, they are not expected to return. So, like I said, kind of a bummer. I mean, you can probably, you can definitely tell the story without those characters, but at the same time, it'd be good to see them again, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and what's, and honestly, what's a, a Daredevil story without Foggy? Like, Karen, you know, I mean, she's obviously the impetus in the original, the OG on again right so that's say, what's, why it's surprising right. right i was about to say what's a good daredevil story without foggy because there has been devil a lot plenty of devil stories without foggy some of the better right. ones have them in it so I, I definitely agree with you on that next up <sighs> actor nicholas cage has shared his thoughts on the marvel cinematic universe noting he doesn't see you know the franchise's as necessary for his career. Basically, he doesn't want to join the MCU because I'm Nick Cage, really. You, you can almost hear it in, in another place. I'm Nick Cage. But... Yeah, you know. That's kind of when I saw this, that's kind of how I took it. I'm like, okay. Now, that being said, him saying this, 
watch we find out he's going to be in a a, a a Marvel movie at some point. Yep. So, uh, the next Star Wars movie is likely to be announced on April 7th at uh, Star Wars Celebration Europe, according to this article. Um, so, yeah, Lucasfilm has just announced its panel schedule for Star Wars Celebrations Europe uh, for 2023, which uh, takes place in London, April 7th through the 10th. Uh, and it goes through some of those in this article, which I will not go into, but, it, but the thing that struck this, the article writer is that the key phrase in, uh, one of the panel listings is that live action filmmakers comes up. So, and they kind of ask the questions, whether, whether they're going to, whether we um, will indeed learn about the Star Wars movie, but probably more likely is going to be the case where it's like, nope, these are people who have actually already made Star Wars um, movies and just a panel of all of them talking about their experiences or something. That's my guess. So, but we'll see, I guess, come come uh, celebration. Next up. Oh, I would get this one. So, uh, the Turtle Brothers, April O'Neil, are all back in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem trailer. So, um, you know, this is all care of, you know, the uh, one member of my Mount Rushmore of hated actors, Seth Rogen. Um, you know, this, this, uh, this movie has uh, voice talent, including Seth Rogen, Jackie Chan, Ayo Itabiri, Paul Rudd, Maya Rudolph, Rose Byrne, Ice Cube, and uh, Post Malone. Why? So, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse is why. Uh, I almost can guarantee you that. Now, some of those names that he listed, you know what? Sound great. Some of those other ones, like the aforementioned uh, Seth Rogen, yeah, not, not crazy with. And I, unlike uh, Agent 70, did watch this this trailer, and I'm going to say it again, even though he's heard what I'm about to say before. They used uh, Tribes Can I Kick It for the um, for the trailer, and that's all well and good. But in the beginning of the trailer, they say straight out the sewers, which means they should have used Das of fucking facts. They did not use Das effects, and I'm upset. But I, I probably attribute that to Seth Rogen not not in the know. Right. They just did not want effects. Sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> now that being said, the trailer in itself, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about the trailer because they definitely kind of aged them down. So they're like preteen age mutant Ninja Turtles. Is what it sounds like. Really? It what it sounds like to me. You'd have to watch the trailer for yourself. And uh, but I uh, think you. I will. I'll probably watch it. I was about to say I'll probably watch it after we finish recording. So. Yeah, but that's what it pretty much sounds like with the uh, with the voice casting uh, here. And it, it, I mean, it is what it is. So next up, uh, Brandon Ruth says, or Ralph. I don't know whether it's Ralph or Ruth. Either way, I think it's I think it's Ralph. It is Ralph. Okay. Uh, says Legends of Tomorrow fans deserve better than what they got. I don't know because I did not watch the ending. I have not watched the ending of that show yet. But apparently, uh, Mr. Routh was in, an, was in an interview with uh, Sci-Fi Wire about his recent appearance on Quantum Leap. Oh, okay. that's cool. I still haven't watched that show, but I hear good things. 
Uh, and he opened up about his time playing Ray Palmer the Adam on Listen to Tomorrow and how he feels about the series being canceled. Quote, uh, we were done in 2019, so we've been coming to terms with that for some time, Ralph said. Uh, but, you know, I just love all the Legends fans and they deserve some kind of wrap up. So I hope that they get it. Um, and that, that's pretty much how that it's, I, I know they're showing up. The Legends are showing up in this last season of Flash, but it's, to what end, who knows? Um, uh, he kind of goes on talking about some other stuff. He talks about Quantum Leap and whatnot, but we won't get into that. Next up. So Arrowverse co-creator Mark Guggenheim recently said on his Substack that he spent $10,000 of his own money on the adaptation of Crisis on Infinite Earths on the small screen because of his love for the original Crisis storyline in the comics. So uh, he said the project, a live action adaptation of a seminal comic book series that made a significant impression on his psyche was more than a labor of love. Okay, man. I mean, I didn't watch it, but if you wanted to see that particular labor of love come to fruition, he put the money, he put his money where his mouth was. Yeah. I mean, you know, I guess applauding for that. And I haven't watched it yet either. I think that may be where I stopped. During my Arrowverse watch, I know there was an event. I can't remember if it was that one though, um, or it's after the one that I where I'm at. Either way, hey, it is what it is. Um, now we're getting over into the anime corner. Not much, uh, not much to to talk about here, but uh, other than uh, other than the Demon Slayer premiere. Oh yes, oh, thank you. Actually, you know what? Go ahead and uh, uh, talk about that now. So Agent Seventy um, went to the um, to the premiere of uh, uh, Demon Slayer season three, which was the the showing uh, the theatrical showing uh, along with the last two episodes from the previous arc, the entertainment arc. And uh, while he's not going to give away, you know, everything about it, he can give us impressions. Right. Definitely impressions. I had some strong impressions that I had felt my first time watching those final two episodes of the Entertainment District arc. And mainly that they were very cinematic in scope and in execution and in presentation. And it looked so evident on the big screen. Those last two episodes, I highly recommend watching them on the biggest screen you can find. Not kidding, because I noticed this my first time watching it. Mm-hmm. You know, watching it on my, you know, I don't have like the biggest screen TV in my living room, but I noticed that, oh, there are some elements of the animation here that look really well done. And seeing them portrayed on the big screen, played out on the big screen, having it splayed across this giant screen. Not a, It wasn't a giant like IMAX screen. It was a big screen right. for an anime. I was impressed. And, you know, just seeing those last two episodes play out in front of me, I, I did not rewatch them before going in because I knew that's what, we, you know, the, the first part of what we would be watching anyway, right? Right. So it was a lot of fun seeing that play out. You know, only partially remembering what happened and just seeing the animation play out on the screen was really a lot of fun. Right. So I recommend the experience just for that. As far as the new episode, um, there's plenty of setup, 
plenty of setup between those last two uh, Entertainment District arc uh, episodes and this newest uh, uh, storyline. And there is there there's some really great group laughter moments like really like like you know like hitting your friend next to you you know your friends next to you like moment laughing and like people around you laughing so hard they're like you know giving you high fives because it's that funny gotcha gotcha so i'm gonna in general those are my you know those are my uh my impressions of the theatrical release of uh demon slayer Right. For the rest of us, please, we've got to wait till uh, April, whatever it was, for the new season to, to come out. Um, but I'm going to ask Agent 70 the question I asked to him after he got, um, after he saw the thing, and is that, um, how are the ending, the beginning and ending theme songs? They reserve the the song for the end, so there is no opening right right so find out the second episode what the actual opening and closing are right which they've done that before the, probably the ending is probably going to be the opening and you know and they'll introduce an ending theme right like, right done it's that never as cat it's listen that first song by lisa so catchy mm-hmm. from the first from the first season mm-hmm. forget about it. i still have that on my anime list on my anime playlist <laughs> Uh, but, uh, yeah. And before we go on, I, I have to say this really, really quick. I, uh, finally got, uh, agent 70 to halfway watch an episode of, uh, food wars in a way. Yeah. In a way, in a way, it, it you was know what? Little... I actually started Trigun stampede. Oh, nice. I, yeah, first yeah. episode. I was like, oh, okay, I get mm-hmm. it. I see what they changed. It's really crazy. Yeah. You see what I was talking about? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. 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 But it's good, crazy. but it's for the better because in the original, it was like, yeah, they could have there was a reason why they left that for, you know, put that at the end of the, the original, but I guess they right. figured it was like, well, you know, this is a remake. So they might as well go ahead and get it out of the way and kind right. of go further from there. So cool. Right. So now we're going to actually go into the, the news from this week, which has nothing to do ah. with either one of those properties. Um, right. My hero academia star sought advice from series creator for Bakugo's uh, next big scene. Apparently. Um, says here there's a few episodes left of uh, My Hero Academia season six, and the Slayer's arc is heating up big time. If you're caught up, I won't. I'm not going to spoil what's going on because I don't know what's going on anyway. I know Agent Seventy's been watching, so he's probably already yep. caught up. Uh, I am. It says yeah. It says this week uh, was welcomed with a new episode that reunited uh, Deku with Class One A, but the moment was um, hardly a happy one as. Uh, you know, Deku's in his dark and brooding phase, his teen, his teen tween years, his goth phase, as someone might say. Um, uh, but yeah, it says he is, he's chosen to go it alone. Now that the target's on his back and this article kind of goes into, uh, what Bakugo is doing about that particular thing in that, I guess he's pulling a Naruto to Sasuke. If, if you know, um, <laughs> if you are, are familiar with the, how that goes, but apparently the voice actor needed some advice to pull off uh, the goal of what was emotionally needed. So uh, the voice actor Nobu Hiro Okamoto went to talk to series creator Kohei, uh, Kohei Horikoshi for some advice. And it kind of goes on from there, which I won't go in, into. 
because they don't even talk about what device it was, just the, the fact that they uh, talked and he, he gave him a little pep talk or whatever the case may be. So I guess mm. we'll find out whenever that happens. Next up. Alrighty, so in manga news now... Yes, I am still basking in the one hour uh, <laughs> episode of Attack on Titan that we got. Yo, there's one there's one moment, folks, where you will hear this for the very first time from a certain character. If you recognize the voice, you know who I'm talking about. And it's awesome. Anyway. Uh, My Hero Academia in the manga has been setting the stage for the final slates of fights between the heroes and villains in the manga overall. And the newest chapter of the series has set up Himiko Toga's mental duress as she continues to struggle against her current path. That's where I'm going to leave it because after that is all spoilers. Okay. Uh, and I guess in our My Hero Triumvirate, uh, uh, it says here that um, My Hero Academia is turning Shinzo into the war's M arcs, the war arcs MVP. And this is from the manga. So if you're not caught up with that, uh, I'm still not going to spoil it. But you know, this is what this is about. Um, it says here from chapter three eighty two. Uh, of the manga, the da, 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 says the, the the big release checked in on the war effort for after against all, all for one, and Shinzo stepped up when things got dicey with the villain. Uh, the whole came went to a, a head, and I'm not going to go into the rest of this because I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> but it, it seems like it's going to be a, a lot. Oh, that's that break the mold uh, character, I guess, huh? Gotcha. I know some things about my hero, but I haven't really started the the um the uh the the anime or the manga either. So next up, Marvel is relaunching the Incredible Hulk title with a new creative team. So uh, the latest run by Donny Cates and Ryan Otley, which I've not been a fan of, um, is getting ready to end. So um. Incredible Hulk will see a return of horror themes, last seen in Al Ewing and Joe Bennett's fan favorite, Immortal Hulk. Writer Philip Kennedy Johnson and Marvel Stormbreakers artist Nick Klein are teaming up for The Incredible Hulk, launching on June 17th. So we're getting Black Panther and The Incredible Hulk relaunching in June. Yep, yep. Um... Daredevil's Chip Zdarsky announces the end of run with Marco Cicchetto. So, yeah. Um, it, it looks like uh, you know, the Zdarsky and company is kind of ending their run, and I think we have a date as to when. Here we go. Uh, it says here that Zdarsky shared an image of Daredevil's gray ash-written mask with the phrase, this is what God has done, found at the top. The bottom states the saga ends August 2023. And if you're watching the video version of the podcast, you can see said image um, right there. So, yeah, August 2023. That's when that uh, comes to an end. I think you've been you, you still been on that, right? You've been What's that? This, this, you've been reading this uh, Daredevil, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I'm like, keeping up. On, I'm keeping up with it. Gotcha. So it, it kind of goes into what's uh, what could be going on in the current storyline, but I won't go into that because I'm sure we will talk about it um, going forward to it. Next up. Right. As no surprise to those of us who have been reading Cant, who were, you know, who were reading Cantwell's Iron Man. Leaping from the pages of his Iron Man, Hellcat, Patsy Walker's back on the West Coast, living in a demon house, haunted by the ghost of her mother. Remember that, folks? Yes, it's back. That was, in fact, the premise for a new Hellcat title that is going to be released this upcoming week, March 15th. And it's written by Christopher Cantwell with art by Alex Linz and the cover by Perry Perez. And yep. there's a preview here that you can flip through. You know what? I'll flip through it. I'll see what Cantwell has to say about Patsy. Yeah, I mean, we've. I feel like we've kind of enjoyed having her in the pages of Iron Man, and I believe this is probably coming off of that uh, annual, that Iron Man annual, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes, so, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering if whether they were going to kind of come back to that or not, and I guess they are. So mm-hmm. this is uh, an ongoing or not sure. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily say in this preview, but... Yeah, we'll find out. Yeah, actually, next week, we will find out. So, mm-hmm. we will let y'all know. Uh, Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Ewoks number one, first look celebrates... Well, I feel like we've done this one already. I think we talked about this last week, but... Um, there's preview pages from Star Wars Return of the Jedi, Ewoks number one. I think that part is probably new, uh, as opposed to us talking about the fact that... Uh, this was a thing. So the creative team is uh, Alyssa Wong and Lee Garbett on art. Casper uh, Weingard, uh, Windgard, and Kyle Hartz, and the Paulina Ganacho. Uh, that is the creative team for this book. This is also celebrating the 40th anniversary of Star Wars Return of the Jedi. So this is why this book uh, is coming about. I think we did talk about it. Um, a little bit, but like I said, this uh, just so happens to be, oh god. <laughs> the cover, uh, if you're watching the video version, you can see the cover um, that's uh, kind of um, it's not horrific, but that, it can, it, it's horror tinge, but they did say it was going to be a part of this book, so now that makes a lot more sense. In who's next up? Oh, I read this article. Now I have to go back and read the last issue of what of the previous Predator uh, series or miniseries. Right. We were so Marvel's about it. new right Marvel's new Predator series addresses and corrects the problems with the uh, with the previous uh, Predators movie with Adrian Brody. So um, that's basically the gist of the story. Um, so Predator number one came out this week. It's by Ed Brisson with and Neto Diaz, Bellardino Bravo, Victor Nava, Eric Arseniega, and BC's Clayton Cowles. If you know those names, we know we have a pretty good idea of what they were doing on this book <laughs> because yeah. we're getting really good at figuring out who does what. You know, yeah. a lot of these names are familiar. BC's Clayton Cowles is obviously the letterer, but the story has. A group of humans desperately trying to escape a largely unseen assailant in an unnamed jungle, which is similar to the setup of the 2010 Predators film. So um, I will say that uh, uh, a class, a, you know, a former classmate of mine is in that Predators film. Oh, nice. He's the Asian guy. I didn't watch that movie, so I don't, I don't know. Yeah, he's the Asian guy. 
So, you know, I'm not going to uh, spoil too much of it. But at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, I, I guess one of the criticisms of the movie is that they did not have uh, a chance to really have those characters come into their own as individuals before they got killed. And I guess they're giving more room for the individual characters to blossom here before they get killed off by predators. I somewhat argued they probably didn't take the time to do it in those movies and they're using this book to to do what you're saying. Because let's face it, those and while I haven't seen this one on the last couple, outside of Prey, those I would even go back to Predator 2. Not great movies. <laughs> right, right. Some right. people like AVP, you know, that the kind of stuff, but they weren't great movies. Right. Interestingly, what made me say that I need to go back and finish that that previous run of Predator, um, uh, is that apparently there's a crossover character that crosses over from that series to the series. Okay. And I need to see how that resolves itself before I, I pick the series up. Right. And I've been meaning to go back and, and check that out anyway. Um, and yeah, as agent 70 said, we kind of gotten to, to know who does what in this. And we know Ed Brisson is kind of known for doing some fairly decent action, actiony type books. Right. For the most part. So, not surprised he probably that that he got this book, uh, and and is continuing with the book because he was also the writer of the first um the first chapter right. or the first arc whatever the case may be, and I think we've we've laid down the fact that we still don't know how why they how they're why they're redoing these books. We're thinking they're probably doing like the Ultraman books and that they're just doing like separate arcs, but they're still kind of continuing from the last uh in one way shape or form. Right, right. You know, we'll see how they collect them because that's generally how. That gets determined. Right. We'll see. And, right. And with what Agent 70 just said about there being a character from the last one coming into this one, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, Suicide Squad killed the Justice League may possibly have been delayed yet again, due, uh, according to a report. So this was supposed to... Uh, Rocksteady's uh, long-awaited spinoff sequel to Batman Arkham series was most recently slated to launch on May 26th. Uh, according to this article, it's now coming later this year, quote-unquote. Um, it was allegedly delayed to fix bugs and improve aspects of the game that were lagging behind, although Bloomberg sources, according to this article, adds that the changes, quote-unquote, won't overhaul many of the core gameplay that had led to the backlash it received at uh, February's PlayStation event. Sometimes that's a that's a problem because i know people look at the, the the trailers and think well this is the whole thing and da, 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 and then not the fact that it's in a a continual um cycle of still being made and so they kind of take that information and think well we need to do this now granted sometimes they do have to do a lot of work for this book uh for stuff like this and sometimes still don't make it so that's a whole nother situation in the the video game landscape, but hey, more time on this thing, you know, it's not a, t- a terrible thing. the The problem is, it's probably going to end up being what isn't probably going to come out in a time where there's usually crowded for video games. That has been back and forth in the past few years, but yeah, uh, and usually in that case, it may or may not get lost in the shuffle around holiday time, but we'll see. We shall see. Next up, though. DC announced a number of new projects coming in May as part of their ongoing Dawn of DC campaign, including a new ongoing series for John Henry and Natasha Irons. 
In addition to a new creative team for Wonder Woman, the announcement gives a sense for what's to come from Steelworks and Hawkgirl, plus the giant 800th issue of The Flash and a free Dawn of DC primer, which will ship in May. Uh, uh, Steelworks will feature art by Sammy Basri. Jadzia Axelrod will be making her DC Universe debut with Hawkgirl, with artwork by Amanke Nahuelpan. Okay. Steelworks is just reminding me of Forceworks, and I don't know how to feel about that. Right. So just very quickly, I see what the primer is. So I should have jumped to this part. I did not have a, a, an opportunity to read this article. But so Dawn of DC Primer is going to give us, um, you know, an idea of what's going on through the eyes of Amanda Waller. It's written by Josh Williamson with artwork by Leandro Fernandez. This will be coming May 16th. Steelworks, written by Worf. There we go. A.K.A. Michael Dorn. Um, and as I said, it's going to have art by Sammy Basri. And that is going to be released at some point in May. And Hawkgirl is a brand new a brand new adventure with Sky High Action uh, by Jadzia Axelrod. That's the writer. And Amonke Nahuelpen, as I said. Uh, so that's uh, interesting stuff. And some names I am definitely not familiar with. Right. And other than Cap, uh, other than Lieutenant Worf or Commander so, Worf, right? Exactly. Um, well, at least I guess Hawkgirl Kendra is still Hawkgirl, so I guess that's something. Um, in whose the Flash gets a new creative team after Milestone 800th issue. So DC is uh, relaunching the Flash with new creative team. Uh, June we'll see the release of the oversized The Flash at 800. Which will bring back some of the biggest creators in DC in the DC Heroes history. One of the stories found in the um, issue 800 comes from Simon Spurrier, aka Cy Spurrier, for, uh, of Code and Detective Comics, and Mike Diodato Jr., um, the Avengers fame, doing on art, who will then step in as the new creative team on the book in September's The Flash number one, uh, apparently. Uh, Wonder Woman is also celebrating 800 issues and will also relaunch under the helm of, uh, oh, interesting, kind of, Eisner Award-winning writer Tom King and Dark Crisis on Independent Earth's artist Daniel Sampier. Uh, let's see. The list of creators on Flash 800 include uh, Mark Wade, Jeff Johns, Joshua Williamson, of course, uh, current writer Jeremy Adams, um, current Flash artist Fernando P- Pissarin with Oclair Albert, Todd Nock, uh, Carmen Di Giandomenico, and Scott Collins, and Mike, of course, Mike Diodato Jr. So, yeah, a lot of hitters on, on this uh, 800th issue. And then it goes into the description of um, The Flash number one which apparently is still going to see uh, Wally West in the, in the role. I have no idea what happened to Barry uh, again, but we haven't really been keeping up with uh, DC stuff. So anyway, next up. DC has introduced a multiversal mission to save Superman from himself. And his son, John Kent, is the only one who can do it. So these are spoilers for last week's Adventures of Superman. John Kent, number one. I did not know Superman was in danger. Wait, no, this week. Oh, is it this week? Yeah. 
I didn't, I didn't look at the list. I thought it was last week. No, um, Adventures of Superman John Kent came out this week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, last week was, was that the, the other Superman book, I think, came out maybe, last week? Maybe that's what I'm mistaking it for. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, apparently, if those who know about the video game and Justice or the book therein that came afterwards, uh, I guess they're kind of taking that kind of approach with this. Um, from what I, from what little I've seen, anyhow. Uh, and also, actually, kind of taking a page from, some would say Marvel, but other other old uh, versions, because apparently there are some, there's uh, evil Superman killing other Superman. Mm-hmm. So therein lies the the uh, dilemma there. And uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Val Val Zod is the one also helping John Kent, aka the black um <laughs> the black Superman. Right. So there is that. If any of that interests you, hey, you can check out that book starting this week. Neither one of us has read it, so uh, uh, there is that. Next up, though. Okay, you're gonna do this, huh? Great. Boom Studios. Something is killing the children. Explores a horrifying moral dilemma. Um. And unfortunately, ad blocker is not going to, uh, or CBR's uh, blocking of the ad blocker is not going to let me do it. But if you have been keeping up with that uh, book and its horror tinging, uh, tinge, you'll probably appreciate what's going on there because this is a spoiler for what's going on in there. Next up. All righty. Last, certainly not least. Uh, Mother Nature, a new graphic novel by horror legend Jamie Lee Curtis, has released its first trailer. Not only is Jamie Lee Curtis an accomplished actor, appearing in films like Everything Everywhere all at once, but now she can add graphic novel creator to her lengthy resume. So Mother Nature is adapted from the script of the upcoming horror movie of the same name by Comet Pictures and Blumhouse Productions and is an eco-horror tale about a woman fighting back against a giant oil company. Joining Jamie Lee Curtis as co-writer of Mother Nature is filmmaker Russell Goldman and artist Carl Stevens. Okay. You can watch the trailer at this website that Roddy Cat is showing you right now. Uh, it's actually not showing up, weirdly enough, but yes. Yes. Don't know why, but oh, that's interesting. Well, I'm sure there there's links that you can find, and and yes. uh, shout out to our very own at Tim Dog ninety eight for putting this article together. Yeah, Tim's been had a couple of uh, articles in this week's uh, uh, news section, uh, not purposely, but just you know, just by for proxy. But um, shout out to Jamie Lee Curtis, also cool mom apparently. This <laughs> is all cool all the way around, but cool mom is. is Mm-hmm. other things but um that folks is the end of the news section got one last ad read our last ad read of the night for a friday night when it's late check out wink your personalized wine club wink is a world of wine delivered right to your door from rosé to cabernet to torrente wink has over 100 styles of wine to discover ever try an orange wine Wink connects you to a world of exclusive wines tailored to your tastes and delivered directly to your door. Wink delivers four bottles of wine to you every month with free shipping. 
You can pick your own bottles or let Wink choose and match to your taste. It doesn't cost a thing to become a member, and you can skip or cancel any time. And now the listeners of the Comic Book Chronicles can enjoy an exclusive discount of $20 off your first order. To place your first order with $20 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us forward slash wink. That's cspn.us forward slash w-i-n-c. Wink wines through CSPN. Do it today. All right, folks. And that uh, concludes this here uh, episode of the Comic Book Chronicles. Thank you each and every one for coming about, out, whether live, lurking, or after the fact in audio. We appreciate you all. Um, I have been Radicat. You can find me at Radicat on Twitter. You can find me at News News Need on Twitter. You can find me at CB Caps on Instagram. Agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, PCN underscore dirt on Twitter, pop culture network and pop culture net and pop culture network.com and all the umbrella sites they're in. And of course, Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, the Osiris of this ish. You can also find Tim at uh, CB Cron on Twitter, which is the Combo Chronicles Twitter account. You can also find him at the Click Nation on Twitter. That's T H E K L I Q N A T I O N. All one word, theclicknation.com. But of course, you can definitely find him over at comicbook.com under the name Timothy Adams, writing his face off. Go check out some of my man's stuff. He's he's been putting a lot of work, especially this week, apparently. Um so you know, not just because well, we say so, I was but you know. say, this is a bit it's a busy time. There's a lot of content coming out, and now the summer announcements are coming out. Oh yeah, as soon as yeah, wait till um, um, uh, San Diego happens. It's going to be uh, yep. some some things going on there. But until we get to that point, you could find this here podcast on the Coastal of the Podcast Network at cspn.us. Do it today. You can also find us on your podcast browser place of choice, whether it be Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the Coastal of the Podcast Network SoundCloud page. Make sure to hit like and subscribe and leave us all the great five-star reviews. <laughs> uh, you could also find us... Uh, oh, I was about to say, Funk Ma- uh, Funkmaster Flex just walked into the chat. <laughs> you know? Yeah, Funk Flex on the front! Okay, yeah, we're not doing that. No, um, no, no, no. I was about to say, you need the... Uh, oh, my goodness. I, I, I totally... I uh, can't find the uh, the one sound effect that is most often associated with Funk Drop Flex. Drop a bomb on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. But anyway, go ahead. Uh, sure, you're lucky I didn't have to do it. I could have done DJ Clue that had the effect on, but uh, we're not doing that either. <laughs> DJ Clue! Clue, Clue, Clue. But anyway, uh, you could, exactly. You could probably hip hop heads here, folks. You, you know, it's 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 been a good time for us lately. Um, oh goodness! But yes, you can find us recording every Thursday night, normally anyway. Uh, uh, on the, uh, excuse me, on the YouTube channel of the Click Nation. That's YouTube.com/slash/TheClickNation and Twitch.tv/slash/ComicBookChronicles. And we thank uh, folks who came through tonight. Yes, thank you. And make sure to hit like, subscribe, and hit the notification button so you know when we are broadcasting. Cheer.
And with that, folks, uh, we will catch you back next week where we still have a whole bunch of stuff going on and maybe some recap a couple of things that we talked about this week. Uh, if, if so, decide. I don't know. Who knows? It's, it's a toss up. It's going to be great, though. Runway. So join us. This has been the Comic Book Chronicles. Peace. Peace. One. And I found the sound effect. Oh, my time is up. Peace out to Brooklyn.